This is the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 Oilers fans. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. As always, I am your host, John. Joining me in just a second is Kyle. We are going to talk about, obviously, that abysmal, abysmal fucking game that saw the Chicago Hawks take game one, six to four over our Edmonton Oilers. We're also going to hear from Grant, who is the host of Hungry for Hawks Talk on the Hockey Podcast Network. Going to get his take. I don't think he actually had a chance to catch the game today, but we'll probably take some chirps from him and you know, see what's going to happen and predict what's going to happen for the rest of the series here. Um, After that, we're going to discuss that third round pick going to the Flames in exchange for the James Neal trade, as well as the Yessi Pugliarvi situation. But we're going to get into that uh, Hawks game right away here. Stay tuned, everybody. Okay, Kyle, since I didn't intro you in, first off, first things first here, how are you doing, man? Uh, well, my disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. <laughs> I already had that uh, line, like, earmarked for this episode as well. <laughs> yeah, what a performance, eh? Um, they put more emotion into the game against Calgary than they did for their first meaningful game in, what, five months? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it looked like we hadn't practiced or worked out one time in that time off. Um, yeah, I that was quite a performance. I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, it started off with Smith just making that stupid play that he always does when they're already coming in hot at him and he reacts slow to going to get the puck, which I mean, we've talked about how much we love his puck handling abilities but he has to make the decision to do it and not you know stutter on it he reacts late he misses the puck he gets scored on trying to come back into his net and i mean it doesn't excuse the rest of the play from the rest of the team because it was pathetic as well but uh but yeah no and i mean let's get right into the goalies and anybody that listened to our episodes you know the last well our last episode as well as even before the break um I think Kyle and I both pretty much agreed that Koskinen was the guy in our opinion. Well, but I originally, it's a coin when we flip. had Michael on from the Dallas podcast, uh, like I said it was going to be Smith because it, it was right, way back from Arizona and stuff like way back. Right. But I mean, I've been pretty convinced that it was going to be Koskinen, especially after the game against Calgary. Like he was definitely the better goalie looked a lot more solid in that. And even when he came in today, right. He saved 18 and 19 shots had a nine forty seven, right. Like, he, yeah, I don't understand the decision. First off, to not start him, and then again, like, why was he in after even the first intermission? Comes out into the second period, and then lets out another one. Like, did you not expect that to fucking happen? Like, well, and and let's back up a little bit. I think as right. far as the decision to start Smith, it's not the way I would have went, but I think it's like a fifty-one forty-nine coin flip. Like, I'm not gonna rip on Tippett. They're obviously more comfortable with Smith. He has more history with him. 
you know, maybe that in it, in and itself is a flaw on Tippett, but I'm not going to dog on that decision too much. But your next point there, I couldn't agree with more. How do you like three goals in Smith should have been yanked. And it's not even that, you know, Smith really played all that poorly other than the first goal. He got hung out to dry a lot, but your team is flat. They're getting rolled by Chicago. How do you not shake things up and bring a different guy in behind, in the pipes? Yeah, because I mean, we, we all know, right? Or I mean, most people know, right? Like when the goalie gets pulled, it's not always the goalie's fault. Like, I mean, Absolutely. yeah, it happens where he lets in softies, right? But I mean, usually it's a wake-up call to the rest of the team being like, this is the, the last chance effort, right? Last ditch effort. Well, and then um, take advantage of that. You know, like personally, after the third goal, I would have called a timeout. I would have switched goalies. You regroup, you go back at it. But like you said, like when you just leave him in there, it's not even that he's playing that poorly. He's just getting hung out to dry. And I mean, at the end of the day, we're thrust right into the playoffs. And as a goalie in the playoffs, if you want to be the guy, you've got to make some saves that normally you wouldn't be expected to make. And I'm not going to say that this game is on Smith, because like you said, that blame is all around on all 20 of those guys. And I I mean, I just don't know how you let your team continue down that path. And I think Tippett's a great coach, but I can't help but question that. Yeah. I mean, uh, best case scenario, right? It's a wake up call and we don't play like that on Monday. Cause if we do, then the only thing we're going to be, having a shot at winning is the Lafreniere cup. Right. So yeah, let's not talk about that quite yet. We'll see how Monday (laughs) goes before, but I mean, you got to win that game. Like preferably they win the next two and obviously go back up to one. I mean, preferably they win the next, what would that be? 21. No, my math is off there. 19, but you've got to win the next one. Like if they go down 2-0, Going back to Chicago, LOL. But still, I mean, you're going into them having second change, down 2-0. That's tough. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's the crappy thing about best of five series. Because now them going down one nothing, they've got to win three of the next four. Which is not an easy thing to do in the NHL. No, not at all. And especially against a team that's been playing like they have to like Chicago came out hot against St. Louis as well. I think they St. Louis, they St. Louis didn't play their game for yeah. sure, but I, but I, I still Chicago didn't look any worse today, you know? So yeah, we, I mean, we knew they were going to be a good team, but they were better in every single area on the ice tonight, except for the final three minutes of the game when the Oilers actually realized that, you know, <laughs> There was only three minutes left and they had. Oh, maybe we can pull something out here. (laughs) I was literally at the end of the game. I was looking up. What's the fastest four goals have been scored? What's the fastest three goals have been scored? You know, (laughs) all the old records. See if it was still possible. Yeah. Is it a thing? I was at the game in Montreal um, against the Washington Capitals. Pretty sure it was Washington, but they scored two goals in two seconds. That happened. What? uh, 
I'm, yeah, I'm that's... evading me. What happened? Montreal scored two goals in two seconds. How? That was in 2018. Uh, well, I mean, obviously scored a goal normally, and then right off the faceoff, they um, Washington had the goalie pulled. Okay. And it went over to the winger, and he just slapped it straight down the ice. And... <laughs> okay. I don't know why my brain didn't go there, because that's obviously, like, really the only way that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a blonde moment. It's not my first one of the day. That's what happens when you crack a beer at 2 o'clock. I'm sure I mean, you were back messaging me you were going to get blackout. I'm surprised early. that you're as good as you are right now. Like, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm sad tipsy, which is not a good place to be. <laughs> Just all depressed now. Yeah, pretty There's much. More hockey like to you come said, my disappointment point. is immeasurable and my day my is ruined. ruined. <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to knock on wood, but hopefully it can't get any worse than that. So that's, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that you jinxed it. <laughs> I'm Let, on let's, wood. There you, go. you know, we got about five to eight minutes before Grand joins us here. Let's look at game two. So let's just assume that the goalie, like the goalie situation, Koskinen starting in that. <laughs> Do you look at making any other changes there? Like line wise, roster wise. Cause I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I consider taking Cassian off the first line after game one. And yeah, I'm I'm not I, trying to he, put he I'm not trying to put anything on today, directly on one guy, similar to Smith. But you know, after the Oilers scored that first goal, which by the way, what a snipe by McDavid. Positive is power play still just kicking along. But after that, the team really just seemed to, you know, I don't think this was a conscious thought, but from watching on TV, it seemed like they thought Chicago was just going to roll over. They're like, oh, McDavid just scored a nice goal. This team's done. They're going to pack it in. We've got this. That's how they played. And once they got super flat, especially after Smith, Smith let in that bad goal, where are the guys like Nurse and Cassian and Kara and some of the more physical dudes? Where are they coming yeah, trying in? To change yeah, trying to get some momentum. Like, yeah. those have got to be the guys that step up. And, you know, I will say, I think we saw it from our fourth line a little bit. And at times, that third line. But as far as the third line goes... Tippett's also not putting Athanasiu in a situation to succeed, but that's a whole nother point. And I know I'm yeah. biased when it comes to AA, but I mean, I think for a simple change up, just, just top six wise, you could just change where NS and Cassian are. I, I think I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. That Cassian has had more success with dry side as of late anyways. Right. Um, this last season. So, I mean, that's just a quick change. But yeah, I agree. Like, FNSU should ideally be in the top six, but unless you pull Cassian out and throw him there and Cassian's out on the Ennis. third line, right? So, or what about Ennis? That's why I said first, Ennis for Cassian. Oh, okay. Quick flip. Yeah. See, yeah, I mean, the that's ideally is, is the, the situation, why... and chances are what they'll go to. I mean, that's what the lineup was at the end of yeah. the season, anyhow, right? So, yeah. The, here's the um, but I mean, thing. there was more than that. It, it, it was. 
the team defense, right, was lacking throughout the lineup. For sure. It, it definitely wasn't one player, right? So uh, yeah, there, there was a lot to that game that was not pretty. It was not just a one player, one goaltender that uh, that shot well, us in the foot, right? So There was no, like, that high-energy, hard-working defensive Oilers team we had seen mm-hmm. down the stretch was completely just not not there at all today. Well, me and you were talking before we started recording here, right? And and like there was times where in our own zone, we had five players in one quarter of the ice, four players behind the goal line, you know, just like on the taste letting goal, yeah. that one uh, puck that got poke checked by cleft bomb and then and then got the backhand pass out to the high slot and was was sniping the days scored that one too. Um, but I mean, like, I was hor- well, how is nobody on that side of the ice? I get it's a penalty kill, but like, yeah. Like Either the, the far three, side three guys are in the corner. The defenseman needs the to stay down. Like you can't, <laughs> you just can't do that. I, and I mean, here's the thing: Tippett is definitely a guy that preaches that sound, responsible defense. So I've got to imagine. Like I know we're kind of doom and gloom right now, but I've got to imagine they're going to regroup and come out as a different team in game two. Because well, if they don't, time- honestly, like this team's going home. Every time that it's happened this season, too, our rebound game has been huge. So I I do have a lot of hope that that's. I still think we win this series. I think so, too. Like, I'm not over it. I just, I'm disappointed with today, obviously, right? As I think every Oilers fan is, right? And it's it's okay to be a bit gloomy about it. We're a better team than that. We should be upset with that performance. Yeah. And I'm sure they are. And I'm sure Tippett is. I mean, they are. are. You watched the interviews after the game? I I uh, caught Tippett's, but I. I was honestly so pissed. I called my dad and bullshitted with a work buddy, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, no, they of course they always uh, interview the leaders of the team, right? It's always Nurse and and McDavid, and, McDavid and, and you know those are the ones getting interviewed, and they're obviously the ones that are not happy with their performance with the whole team. So, but I, I imagine everybody else in the room is exactly the same way, right? They were quite sour about uh, how it went, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're in for a good game on Monday. I, I really do. But uh, but if it isn't, then yeah. Like, it better be because you and I are going to be staying up super late. Are you still <laughs> not working or are you back from COVID now? Uh, well, I'm good now to go to work. I just texted them actually this afternoon. So I'm just waiting for my schedule. Uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Hopefully you have Tuesday off so you can stay up and I think I'm not be a, be a couple days a week right now anyways. It's too yeah. slow. Yeah. I'm, I'm up at... 5 30 on tuesday and the game doesn't start here till 10 30 so i'm gonna be napping when i get back from work monday and trying to stay i mean i'm gonna stay up but i can't be I a bed when work. you wake up sometimes i know like, so does the girl i'm seeing basis. man half the time i like to like I, i'm not gonna text her at like 5 30 because it's like 3 30 at her time and then all of a sudden she'll gonna text say you me met a french like, girl we're going like, yeah buddy yeah it's like, buddy. Oh, i'm still up fuck getting back to the roster before we uh before we bring grant in here i will say i even though they were experimenting it with before the covid break i go back to nuge dry cycle and yams i really thought dry left a lot to be lacking today too and i mean at the end of the day it's one game the guy's an absolute stud but if this team's gonna have success you need more from that line and I think Ennis drops to the third, like you said, with uh, Shahan and Archibald. 
and then I bring Athanasiu up to the first line. I'm biased in there because Athanasiu is my boy. But hey, I'll admit it. I think that's our best option. And then I keep that fourth line the same. The other thing, I probably consider bringing in Caleb Jones for Benning and moving Russell over to Benning's spot on the right side. I didn't. I didn't really like what I saw out of Benning, but again, that's not putting that all on him. I didn't really like what I saw out of anyone. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that early on replacing Benning yet. Benning was one of our better defensemen this year. After I think being, as far as the know, puck moving and the skating ability is Jones brings along. Yeah. And you can't take Russell out because Russell is too key for penalty kill and all that stuff. But... Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to dog on Benning either. Like you make a valid point. I don't know. I mean, I'm I am excited to see the rebound. I mean, it's playoff hockey. I'm I'm always going to be happy to watch it, but uh, but definitely was waiting for the next game to start tonight. Which speaking yeah. of which, actually, <laughs> the Montreal Toronto game is starting right now. If you want to throw it on in the background, um, are you talking to our listeners there? or me? You, I'm talking to okay. you. <laughs> I might throw it on the background, but let's bring Grant in here. Um, yeah, we'll see what he has to say about it. Say about it. Jesus, those beers are kicking in on me. Sorry, guys. Grant, how's it going? Yo, what up, boys? What's going on, Grant? What's going on? You sound a lot happier than we do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder why. I, uh, we were just chatting before kind of doing our first 15, 20 minutes. So you didn't get Mm -hmm. a chance to watch the game, did you? I did not, but I, I caught like the highlights um, that Sportsnet was able to provide. So um, there was quite a few for you to go through, eh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> quite a few goals, 10 in total. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, it did become an exciting game in the last five minutes or so. But uh, yeah, the rest of the game, I guess, was, was very one sided. Um, definitely sloppy hockey. You could see the return from the four or five months off that they've had, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Johnny Hawks fans are pretty stoked. How did you, you know, you personally, as well as chatting with other people in the Hawks, you know, fan base, how did you guys feel going into this series before the, before game one? I mean, I felt, I felt pretty good going into it. Uh, mainly just cause I mean, I'm, I was really, really, uh, banking on, our playoff experience. I think that was uh, a major factor um, going into the series. I didn't think that, you know, we'd blow you guys out of the water like that. Um, I mean, you, you look at the, you look at our best player of the night or of the day, I guess I should say Dominic Kubalik, a rookie five points in a single game. I mean, those are video game numbers, man. 1356 yeah. <laughs> of ice time. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. That's a lot of in a video game. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of points for thirteen less than fourteen minutes uh, of ice time, um, and I mean it's it's too bad that uh, you know the uh, awards won't continue to be, um, you know, uh, I guess voted upon based on or will they be? Because no, I, I think they said on the broadcast They're probably it not right. Matter. Yeah, because the honestly, regular no season is over, right? And honestly, no disrespect to but I yeah. think McCarr or Hughes are running away from that. Yeah, but I mean, like, 
this guy scored 30 goals for sure as a rookie. Right. And most of those were even strength goals too. They weren't, he wasn't relying on the power play to score those goals. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with, uh, I mean, he's, he's probably, like you said, he's probably going to be the third runner up. For um, sure. McCarr and Hughes were, were pretty amazing as rookies as well this year. Uh, but I mean, just looking at, at, you know, this kid came out of nowhere. I mean, McCarr and Hughes, they had, you know, um, a lot of attention on them, uh, before they even made it to the league. But, uh, Kubalik, he was uh, left unsigned by the LA Kings. We traded for his draft rights uh, or his uh, signing rights. And it's wow. been the best decision ever since. Yeah. I did not know that. I assumed he was just a guy that came up through your system. No, no. We signed him uh, from, we traded for his, uh, for his rights from, from the LA Kings. And uh, they're probably shooting themselves in the foot right now or uh, <laughs> yeah. kicking themselves for that right now. We thought it was bad when we sent you Gustafson. And then he went off. Jeez, <laughs> like, man, Kubalik, that's Well, we rough. we turned him out, and that, honestly, that was probably a, a one of the best moves for us too. I mean, um, we stashed him to to Calgary. They're they're also my team, but um, moving Gustafson off that top power play unit and returning Duncan Keith uh, has mm-hmm. really really helped our our power play. Um, I mean, even since the trade deadline when we played that handful of games, our our power play was starting to click. Uh, and that was mainly because, you know, Duncan Keith got his spot back on that top power play unit. Um, and you know, we each, we each got three power play goals, uh, today and, uh, you know, it's, it it was clicking. I'm, uh, I'm happy to see that it's, you know, that it's happening and, um, yeah, a a really good game, uh, for the Hawks. I, I, I'd be lying if I said I was expecting this. Um, you know, I, I figured that the, the Edmonton Oilers would, you know, put up a a, a better fight. Um, but I mean, you know, a couple of those goals. I mean, one of them, the uh, that one timer by Kubalik on Smith. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a Flames fan watching him last year. He, his glove hand is like his weakest spot. Like, I, I, I don't know what he was doing on that goal. Like I was watching the replay there. Um, he just like, he was nowhere near it. He just, he wasn't even like extended. It just looked like he was trying to throw his elbow up at it. Yeah. Like his glove wasn't even up. Like, I don't know what he was doing. After the but, first goal that banked in off of a bad play by Smith, that yeah. was the next goal that I had an issue with, honestly, just yeah. because it, there was a little bit of a late screen going in by, I believe cleft bomb, but he got a pretty good look at it and yeah i mean the oilers didn't play very well in front of him at all either but it's a tough you know kyle and i just went pretty pretty deep into there i I mean i don't know how Tippett didn't pull him earlier as well Mm -hmm. as i mean i'm gonna assume down or or any sort of you know coaching to help the situation out right there um not yeah. to say that he wasn't coaching obviously sorry done that dig but uh but just some sort of drastic change in in the game right yeah man it was it was something else watching that to your duncan keith point i thought he looked phenomenal i thought he was showing shades of his over, uh, older self there mm-hmm. um, he he looked absolutely beautiful on the power play that the uh, one shot that he wristed in that went to uh, deflect i think it was by kubelik again the last goal right um, yeah yeah like phenomenal iq presence to see him coming across so yeah um I mean, if I was just a hockey fan in general, right? Like it was a beautiful game to watch from Chicago standpoint. Yeah. It and was. we don't, we don't have many of those. We haven't had many of those throughout the, the regular season. 
Um, I'm pretty sad. I'm pretty sad I missed it, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it seemed like a really, really fun game. I mean, even when you guys were down like 4-1, I mean, you guys um, came back in the second period to make it a two-goal game or, or whatnot. And um, like it was, it was close uh, at a certain point. But, you know, uh, like you said, too, the last five minutes of the game there, too, they, you guys kind of um, came back and, and, and made it a game. Uh, I thought Crawford looked, um, he looked a little, uh, laborious, I guess. Is that a word? It looked like he was, <laughs> he was kind of struggling a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that obviously Crawford coming back for you guys was huge news, especially yeah. after you traded Leonard, not expecting to be a playoff team. Yeah. So that's one of the weird things, you know, about this playoffs, but you know, him coming back the last day of camp, you've got to wonder if it's going to take him a little bit, but I mean, mm-hmm. he played well enough for you guys to win. Right. And at the end of the day, yeah. like that's what, that's your bare minimum requirement of a goalie. And there was a couple series too, where like we scored on the power play, but he had made two or three key saves right before mm-hmm. that puck went in and they just couldn't clear it away from right. that. Right. So, yeah, I, I do think that this series is going to be a good battle. I mean, me and John were saying the silver lining here is hopefully it's a wake-up call for our team, right? Uh, and I do think that it's going to be a fight, probably game four or five this goes to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously it has to go to four, I guess. But uh, Well, mm-hmm. unless the Oilers continue to not fucking yeah, show sweep up. sweep it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, game. yeah. Crow definitely played well for a guy who came back from having COVID, so... Um, that, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that probably had a bit of a toll on him as well. Um, and, uh, I, I think it showed cause he, he seemed like, um, just watching the, re- like I, I didn't watch the game obviously, but just watching the replays, uh, some of the replays after, you know, scoring goals. I mean, it could just be that he was pissed that he let a goal in, but, um, it did seem like, you know, he was, it, it took him a little longer to get back on his feet and, um, there were a Feeling few times where a he was on his knees on his pads before, um, I think on the, uh, actually that first McDavid goal, which was a beauty of a shot, by the way, like just top shelf, top cheese. What a, what a wrister that was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why he was on his, on his knees at that point. Um, like McDavid was still pretty far out. Uh, I, I feel like he probably should have stood up a little bit before, um, he was on his knees, but, um, I mean, but like you said, I I think he played well enough for, for the Hawks to win. And I think that's going to be how these games kind of go. Cause you know, our, our defense is, uh, pretty suspect. I mean, it's, it's getting a little better. Uh, but like you said, like a, a lot of those goals, uh, we weren't able to clear the puck. Um, that James Neal goal shouldn't have gone in. I mean, um, Keith was looking right at it. He just couldn't quite make contact with his skate there. Uh, but yeah, we got to do a better job of clearing that garbage in front of the net, uh, making sure that, you know, we we're keeping bodies off of Crawford so that he can see the puck. Cause you know, that's his main thing. I'm really interested moving forward into the next couple of games about two things. And the first thing is the physicality. You saw it kind of in moments and I know, hmm. Grant, you didn't see the whole game, so they probably didn't show much in the highlights, but it was something that kind of left me lacking, I guess, right? 
and mm-hmm. watching some of the other playoff games, especially the, sorry, it was the Rangers and Carolina. Now those teams obviously play each other a little bit from, but from my understanding, they don't have much bad blood. And right from the get go, you would have thought that they were division rivals, like Calgary and Edmonton playing. And you well, really the Canes didn't and see the Rangers down right away. Yeah. What's that? There was a fight two minutes in. Yeah. Strom you know, and I forget who he fought, but. Well, that kind of makes sense to me, though. Same older guy there. That kind of makes sense to me. I mean, uh, they were both, I think the Rangers swept the series, the regular season series against the Carolina they Hurricanes. Did, yeah. um, and then when they drew, when uh, the Hurricanes drew the New York Rangers in the playing round, they straight out said, like, oh, we don't want to play them because they're freaking <laughs> too good. Like, I, that was something that was dumb. Like, I, I I didn't agree with that. I don't know why Broad Brindamore brought that up. Um, yeah, I would have kept I mean, that one to myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you're just like, what do you... I don't know what he was trying to do there. But, um, I mean, it ended up working. I mean, they uh, they they took that game in, uh, in that, first, that first game there. And... Um, so I guess yeah, there was there was a lot of physicality in that game. You said, hey, there was there was also Especially a lot of over refing too. There was eighteen penalties in that game. Eighteen yeah. penalties? Yes, it was pretty much every time you looked at the TV, some team was on the power play. Wow, it was uh, it was something else. The referees had definitely been like, we have not blown a whistle in months and want to be under the spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> want a little that, bit man. of that attention. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, I really, cow. I really you know, looking forward to these next couple games, I'm really expecting that physicality to come up. Um, I think speaking from an Oilers perspective, you know, when our team was on their game, they were a very hardworking, physical, fast skating team. And we really just didn't see that other than glimpses tonight. So, mm-hmm. or the, you know, earlier in the day. Um, so I, I think, honestly, if Edmonton wants any success here, they're really going to need to up that game. And obviously Chicago is not going to just back down. So really hoping you see more of that, you know, gritty, still fast and high scoring, obviously, but definitely a little bit more physicality. Yeah. I think they, they'll need to speaking from the Oilers. They, they got to be sure that they're a little careful with that because they don't want to like their whole game is speed. Right. Like you guys, you really rely on McDavid coming in off the rush and making just breaking people's ankles um, as you're coming into the zone. And I feel like it would probably be best if if you guys kept that run and gun style of play, Um, because that's that's honestly how the Hawks should be playing as well. I mean, we're not overly physical, um, especially now that Andrew Shaw's uh, out with the concussion still. Um, we don't really have any of those like heavy bruisers, uh, mm-hmm. like you guys have with, you know, Zach Cassian and, uh, nurse and, Carol, and nurse. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, yeah, our, our blue line isn't super tough either. I mean, Keith is really the only guy there. Um, Siebes is still, he's, he's not able to play. Um, and I mean, Dehan is coming off a surgically repaired shoulder, um, Murphy isn't that big. Mata isn't that big. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe if you guys change your game, uh, and try to be a little bit more physical, that might help. But I mean, just, just from seeing what was going on, I mean, uh, 
there were a lot of uh, giveaways on your end. The, yeah. the giveaways, according to Sportsnet, fifteen to six all game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously the shots were, were pretty, pretty significant as well. 42 to 29. Um, <laughs> you guys out hit us too. I mean, there were 47 recorded hits apparently according to, to Sportsnet here too. So, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for the Hawks is to stay the hell out of the penalty box. I mean, for sure. 75% clip at, for, for you guys there on the power play that, that just showed, you know, it's just as dangerous as, as it was in the regular season. Um, was your guys' penalty kill? Because your power play was pretty decent in the regular season, wasn't it? Their not? penalty kill was no. eighth in the regular season. Our penalty kill was way better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I had those yeah. flipped. Yeah, yeah, you had them flipped around. Yeah, our our, our power play was was god awful. I knew one of them was like <laughs> our play was three in the league, and penalty but... kill was eighth. I'm pretty sure, John. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. Chicago. Okay. But, well, you keep playing the Oilers, right. and you know that uh, power play percentage might keep shooting up if it's anything like tonight. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we we played pretty well i mean just looking at how we were set up um we we're moving the puck pretty well um just oh man i was i was so impressed with dominique kubelik though just he had so many good no look no look passes and um he set up jonathan taves twice that line is going to be a handful for sure that top line of taves sod and kubelik um I think we've we found a good way to, you know, try to counter your McDavid line because that's really our shutdown um, top pairing or top line right now, uh, and that just allows. I mean, we kept you guys kept Patrick Kane to one assist. Um, I was expecting him to go six off. Goals. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting him to go off. Uh, but uh, ended up being Dominique Kubelik. So, you know, I'm all for this uh, stepping up by committee. Uh, you know, give Patrick Kane a game off and then, you know, let him let him run wild the next <laughs> couple games and, and maybe we can go for a sweep. But I'm expecting at least one game from you guys there. Um, at yeah, least one win. I think you're going to see a different Edmonton team in game two. Yeah. I really do. Like, our team has rebounded very well through the regular season. And even in the previous years where we weren't playing, you know, as high level of hockey as we have been this year. Um, they really rebound hard. So I, I'm expecting a pretty, you know, I don't want to say dominating, but a very tough, high effort, high energy game from Edmonton on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to yeah, be needed. It, it should like, be good. If the Oilers go down to nothing, the stats don't lie, you know, in a best of five series, going down to nothing is not a good thing whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, Which they'd be in quite a hole. Obvious statement of the day, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's it's totally fair. I mean, it's it's worth mentioning, right? I mean, it's it's not it's not the typical seven game series. It's it is a five game series, and it, just having that extra extra game, um, I mean, that's that's going to motivate the other the opposing locker room too. I mean, you if if we go up to nothing, I'm guaranteeing like. Patrick Kane and and the boys, Taves, Keith, they're going to be coming in hard for that third win. Um, so it it's going to be pretty critical for that that next game. I mean, you know, every game is critical, but it's it's going to be pretty a very big deciding factor for for the Oilers next uh, on Monday. There, I've got to ask, um, hmm. how are you guys liking Kajula over there? 
Because we're not really big fans of Brandon Manning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd I, I'd take Cadge uh, over over Brandon Manning any day. Um, I was Thanks, I was pretty really. happy that uh, that we got rid of him. I mean, um, <laughs> in my last episode, I, I kind of called him. What did I call Brandon Manning? I called him the um, the borderline seventh defenseman for every single team that he plays for, because that's. Yep. That's what he's. That's his role. That's what he's been, kind of been for, uh, for every team that he's played. And is this the second time that you guys have had him? No, he was you, like with picked Philly. him up. He was Go with ahead. Philly, and then he was the one that broke uh, McDavid's collarbone. McDavid's collarbone. Yeah. Right. And then he went to you guys, and then traded to Edmonton. Right. And then sent right. down and stayed down there for the majority of this year. <laughs> right. Didn't we have him back for a little bit though? I thought you guys might have waived him. Maybe we picked him up and then we He did go through waivers, but you guys didn't pick him up. No. Yeah, no, I don't wish think so. it would, wish you would have. I would have gave <laughs> yeah, you both you players take that just to get rid of him back. at this point, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Kajula too, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Kaji has been but... good. He's uh I I'm happy uh that he's on the team. I mean, he brings a different element to the game something that we've sorely missed um just the the energy that that he brings is is infectious um again especially since andrew shaw has been out uh drake kajula has been a huge boon for the team in terms of that kind of third line energy role and when he was playing on that top line when he was getting looks with the uh, sod and um and taves on that top line he he showed pretty well i mean he's he's got some speed he's got a, a decent shot and uh, he can finish plays, but uh, his I, I've been pretty happy with his with his forechecking ability, just his energy level. Um, he's kind of the guy that we get to to crash into bodies on the forecheck there. So um, him playing with uh, with Doc and uh, I, I believe to to Brinkett on the third line. Um, yeah, is, because Nylander is now on the second line with with, with Kane, Kane and. Uh, um strom yeah so um yeah i think i think the third line with uh with doc and and debrinket is a, is a good spot for him i mean kirby's just been a sensation this year for us too like i mean this 18 year old rookie um i mean i obviously wasn't there but apparently at training camp uh he just looked like a completely different guy when he came in after this uh after this break uh, he put on more muscle and um, he's just been ready. And the guy was, he's bigger than most people think he is. He's like six, seven, I think six, four um, at 19, 18, 19. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Um, and he's just a big body. I mean, you, when you see him with the puck, it's really, really difficult for other players to to take the puck off this kid. Right. Um and it's just a combination of his strength, his tenacity for for uh, holding on to that puck um, that he's able to do that. So the fact that we have Kajula who can go in there, crash some bodies, and have Doc to be able to you know retrieve the pucks, and then have the Brinket floating in the neutral or not in the neutral zone, but like around the slot area, um, I think that could be a, a very dangerous line, and you know that that should be something that uh, that we should all be keeping an eye on. I think Doc is really almost a comparable to our dry sidle, right? Like he's got that same, like you say, huge frame, 
uh, and mm-hmm. just uses it to push players off the puck and keep his own ice uh, and usually work in the corners, right. Then finding somebody open or shooting himself. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's definitely a promise to watch. I was very excited about him and, and I was happy he went to Chicago too. Um, getting to see him play with Taze and, and Kane eventually will be uh, something else too. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been super fun to watch this kid play. Uh, we definitely need, needed uh, a guy like that in the organization. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but like during the regular season, uh, Doc was, I think, I believe he was still the um, number one player who was hit the most, or he was hit the most oh, as really? a player in the regular season. Yeah. And that generally means that he had the puck most of the time because, right. you know, it's registered as a hit if you, um, if you're in possession of the puck. Um, so, you know, at 18 years old and you're leading in that category, that says a lot about this kid's, uh, ability to hold on to pucks, the ability to go after pucks, um, and Into just the his own create the play. Yeah, yeah. Durability and everything too. I mean, he's just been, uh, phenomenal. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Willingness to go to that, you know, those high intensity, high contact areas. Yeah. Which yeah, is great exactly. to see from an 18 year old kid, 19, mm-hmm. however old he is. That's the interesting yeah. thing about this break where you look at like some of these guys are rookies, but as we enter August now, they're more or less like start of second season players, depending on mm-hmm. how they've applied that time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's why I'm kind of like, I think this series is going to be a win-win either way for, for both of us too. I mean, if we, if either of our teams lose, there you get what a 12% chance, 12.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Um, so that's and I know great. Stats you got aren't some impacted by history, but yeah, you know, I got to think the Oilers have a little bit of a better chance there. <laughs> I was going to say like, if it watch it end up being like, you guys get swept and then you end up getting Lafreniere anyway. <laughs> it's just, that's just how it always seems to go. Man. Um, with the, when it comes to the Oilers, the NHL fan bases would implode. If Dude. that happened, <laughs> could you be, imagine? I hope it doesn't happen. I'm really obviously hoping for that, you know, deep. I hope it doesn't happen, Oilers, but, but if it has to happen, like I'd be happy it happens that way. Oh, for if sure. It has to happen. I mean, if we lose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we lose yeah. and get the 15th pick or something, then I'll be extremely upset. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that if we lose, I'll be extremely game. upset unless we win the first overall. But yeah. let's take a little bit of a break here, guys. I'm going to flip us over to the promo for Corey and Richie. They are our Arizona affiliate for the Hockey Podcast Network. We will be right back, everybody. I'm Corey Grantra. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melting? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh god. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Okay, we are back. Make sure you check out Corey and Richie for your Arizona fix. Are there Arizona fans, everybody? I'm like, there's got to be a couple, right? <laughs> Crickets. 
Yeah, some some <laughs> you know floating in there. Some people in Arizona watch hockey. Anyways, yeah. sorry, can we talk about that for a second? What is going on with that club right now? Like, so sorry, sorry oh, to take no, it from no. there, but like, like, do you know what's happening with Chaka? Does anybody know? I don't he's think out. anybody knows. Yeah, he's out. His yeah, office like got out, cleared right? out. They have a interim GM right now. They're yeah. saying that he's apparently had talks with another team, and the Coyotes uh, didn't allow him to. But uh, now he's been terminated, I, I guess. But I would yeah. assume he still can't have another team. Like that would be in the contract, right? I don't well, know. He I, can't think, be... I think they gave him permission. Is what happened. Yeah. So, so he can't be a GM or president. He can't be like a top executive for any other team until his current contract expires, which is like three years from now. Um, I had read a report saying that the he was looking at another... Um, it wasn't like specifically for the New Jersey Devils, but it was... Um, he was trying to get a position with the owner of the New Jersey Devils um so that he would also be doing stuff for um like whoever else they owned so like the right. uh maybe not the Phillies but the the Sixers too well uh, and I know he has like, oh, like their analytics background yeah like their like whole thing i think guy. it was something to do with his like stats background or or whatever um it was to do with that but yeah that it, it pretty ugly pretty ugly for the organization um to to do that especially after like throwing him under the bus too saying that he quit on the team and yeah um that's just pretty shitty pretty shitty thing to do reading that press release you knew there was more to that situation there's god than him just moving on for another position right yeah yeah i don't know like maybe maybe it, it i don't know if it had something to do with taylor hall maybe it did maybe uh, Chaka was like, look, we got to sign this guy. We need more money from you guys. Like, you know, and could you give, yeah. give us some more money? And the owners were probably just like, hell no. And then maybe that was the difference. I'm just talking out my ass. Which so like, insane, I don't know. Cause he was but... supposed to be like their wonder kid GM coming in yeah. there. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he's still only 31, man. Uh, oh, I, I, he'll have another job for sure. For like, sure. I, yeah. But crazy. Like the, he he's been there for four years, so the guy made, was he's made them a better team too. It's not like he's done for sure. I mean, yeah. there's questionable moves for sure, but any GM's done that. But as a whole, that team has gotten much better over the last four years. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah they were definitely better with him than without. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know though. If you guys want to hear more about, uh, you know, um, more accurate information, I'm, I'm yeah, sure probably know it. Yeah. Sporty with uh, Corey and Richie. Th- those guys are great too. I, I love, yeah, they I love are. talking to those guys. Yeah, we got to talk to them once and they're super good people, man. They're, mm-hmm. they're funny, good people. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. We had a ton of fun with both of them on the uh, after hours, which both of you guys will have to check out as well, but or jump on. Yeah, I got to make it to one of those. Yeah, they're a good time. I'll make it to one of those soon. Mm-hmm. I had like a bottle of Pink Whitney last Saturday and got a little <laughs> bit loose tongued. So I'm going to try and control myself a little bit better next time, but. Anyone interested in checking that out, it is on the, uh, believe hockey podcast network, Facebook, as well as on our Patreon, but Mm -hmm. check it out there. But yeah, no, Corey and Richie are great. They, uh, I might have to check out an episode or two the last, you know, week to see what they're saying about Sheikah because I'm sure they're not happy about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think with with in our hockey podcast network chat, I think they were saying that it was just mass confusion because it, it it just kind of happened abruptly. Like we we all just kind of got alerts saying that Chaco was on the way out, and we're like, wait, w- yeah, what? Like, yeah, I thought everybody was going to Toronto or Edmonton yeah. Now. What are you talking about? Is he <laughs> yeah. going there? Like what? Yeah. 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 So that was yeah, odd, very very odd. Yeah. And it's just weird, like how it all came out. With first, he's not involved in the Taylor Hall meeting, and they're kind of mm-hmm. like a little bit of confusion for a span of days there. And then, you know, more info comes out. Now he's not with the organization. There's other guys filling in as interim GM basis. Well, and now he's obviously fully out and, and if you quote unquote keep, quitting on the team. If you want to keep Hall too, like what a weird move to go through. Like you think you would just kind of keep it hush hush between you two figure it out and then after the hall deal is either signed or you let him go then you make this decision like not yeah. even hall being questionable on what the future of that franchise is so. yeah i i don't think he's staying there's no way if i'm Charler hall i'm like what the fuck is this yeah, road show yeah. like no i the interesting I thing it's... here is with the cap staying flat i'm really curious to yeah. see what guys like hall and petrangelo do like if I'm Hall, yeah, we talked. About you've got to be tempted to sign like a two-year deal, and then try and get a long-term just... payday. Yeah, I don't know how. I many don't know though. For him, I mean, he's him. he's got a long injury history. He does. That's that's a tough thing. I mean, I I would love to see him uh, as the Calgary Flame. I think that'd be just so cool to see <laughs> and funny to watch. Um, but I'm scared because he's got a huge injury history and he i mean he hasn't played in the playoffs very often so are we gonna have two johnny grows i don't know what's gonna happen with that if if we end up if uh the flames end up signing him but um i don't know what's gonna happen with hall man he's, he's kind of got the pick of the litter he's also got a questionable like salary of what he's gonna make too like i feel like yeah. his number is kind of pretty up in the air and it's just whatever a team's gonna offer him yeah if the yeah. flames are willing to pay him for seven years at nine and a half plus See, that's as a Oilers fan, I think they should make that deal. <laughs> yeah, as a Flames fan, I'm like screaming no. <laughs> yeah. So I am to six and a half. Six and yeah, a half for four years. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I don't think that happens. I don't think so either. Yeah. It'll be weird with the flat cap, though. Like, teams are going to have to make some decisions. And especially for a guy like Hall, you know, there's teams like Jersey that have the cap space to pay him if he wants to go back there. But what's his success look like there? Mm -hmm. Really the only contender that has a ton of cap space is Colorado. So I could see them going after like a Petrangelo or Taylor Hall. Oh my gosh. That team is going to be disgusting. That team is going to be filthy. God, they're already so good. After uh, St. Louis in the West. Sorry? sorry, you kind of cut out there. What'd you say? Oh, sorry. My hotel Wi-Fi is just screwing me over. Um, I said they're the ones that scare me the most after St. Louis in the West. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Like they're building another dynasty there. You can see it. Like it's going back to the nineties, early two thousands days. It's, it's I'll play mm-hmm. Vegas. I, I would be I play them. so excited to be a fan of that team right now and watching that take place. Like totally. It's it's kind of what is Oilers fans were watching too, but just at a much more advanced higher rate right like yeah i don't know why how they got so good in such short i mean it wasn't too long ago when they had 
the worst NHL Seriously, season in history. Yeah, they were yeah. horrible. Like and they had McKinnon. Ago, yeah. Four years ago, McKinnon was like their only player Zach they had. I don't fire. know where all these players came from. They yeah. just found gems. Like, it's... Yeah, like amazing yeah, they, management job by Joe Sackick because he was getting very questionable, questionable calls about his choices he was making early on in his pedigree there, right? Like not trading Duchesne. Uh, it was Duchesne, right? Early enough yeah. until he waited him out and sent him to Ottawa and got quite a haul back, right? And I think that's what started that rebuild too. So, mm-hmm. Well, and look at what yeah. happened with Duchesne. Like he's struggling yeah, he in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Got paid yeah. the big bucks and now Joe Sackick. I mean, and or the Ottawa Senators look like geniuses mm-hmm. for not giving mm-hmm. them that money. But I think with yeah, Colorado, he more actually it. wanted out more so than payday. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, but does anyone have any? Oh, we only have a minute left. Sorry, go ahead, Grant. Yeah, less than a minute. Less than a minute, I was going to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that that team has just been so crazy to watch i mean as as hawks fans you know it's it's tough to swallow there um this cap situation is gonna be tough on us too and uh but you know let's let's just throw all that out the window because right now we're just happy to have hockey back um play in series we had a good first game and uh looking forward to monday Looking forward to a big bounce back for our Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> but thank you very much for joining us, Grant. Uh, for you Hawks listeners, we are John and Kyle from the Oil Country Podcast. Hopefully, you know, we'll have to uh, have another collab after a couple more games in this series, Grant. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Thanks for having me. Our Zoom meeting got cut out just in the nick of time, so just as Grant was kind of finishing up, but thank you very much for him for, you know, jumping on our podcast and giving us a little bit of perspective from his side. Um, We just looked at the schedule and we'll have to do kind of a wrap up with him maybe because the game five is slotted for Saturday. So before our next episode after this one drops, but anyways, any closing thoughts on anything that uh, Grant said before we get into the other topics there, Kyle? No, I mean, I, I mean, we definitely didn't expect the performance from the Oilers, like he said, you know, like nobody did. Um, but I, we knew it was going to be tough from Chicago. They were definitely the team that nobody wanted to play uh, from the ones that were added in, right? Um, so, no, I mean, I, I thought he was a good dude. Happy we got to talk to him. I'd love to talk to him again here. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it we 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 know right like our team needs to play better that's that's basically it yeah his team he's his team needs to keep playing the way they did because you know I, I, watching as a hockey fan they played a, a beautiful game tonight um like saturday afternoon i guess for whoever's listening on monday and it just uh yeah like that's the game we need to play I, i'm i'm disappointed and he's happy i don't know what other takeaway i'm supposed to have yeah, yeah. And and nothing against chicago like they played a really good no, game no 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 yeah. but i think the biggest thing from that game was you know, I don't want to be disrespectful and say that we played down to their level because I think they are a capable team. But, you know, I, I'm expecting a different outcome and a different styled game on Monday. And I think the majority of the outcome from Saturday was more so the Oilers not bringing their game. But credit where credit is due. The Hawks won. And I mean, he's stoked, obviously. He is a Flames fan. So we'll try and kind of take everything he says with a grain of salt 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, kind of joking. I mean, <laughs> talking about I value Hall his opinion. And, yeah, Hall and Johnny Hockey playing together. Like, no, I'd be okay you. with it, unless I mean, yeah, unless they're paying nine and a half and he turns into another Johnny Hockey. No, I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I don't think you. Yeah, we're not going to get back into that, but no, yeah. Hall's not a guy I pay long term for nine and a half plus. But, anyways, let's get into the third round pick heading to the Flames as well as the Yassi Pujarvi situation. Stay tuned, everybody. Use the same cut in, John? I did, okay. Oh like, God, I only have so up. many cuts ready to go, okay? So, same transition got so many noise. keys on that MIDI keyboard. There's only three. I'm not even using my MIDI. I'm using, like, a <laughs> okay, clickable never mind thing. You, wow. Man, I made it easier using this software so you don't have to record your own audio, and this is what I get, hey? I know. Just chirps, buddy. <laughs> you talk shit about me all the time outside the podcast. I'll get one in, one or two in here. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit about you in the group chat. But, like, you're yeah. in there, too, so it's not like I'm talking yeah, you shit behind it's your my back. Face. It's all good. It's not behind my back. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'll tag you in it next time to be like, hey, I'm talking shit. Well, and then I usually admit to it anyways. I'm just like, I'm a garbage person, so I don't know what you expect from me. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to incorporate that into, like, your stage name. <laughs> Kyle Trashy or something. <laughs> Drinking shitty beer and smoking the weed. I don't know. <laughs> hey, this is all the things you said about yourself. Okay. I, I just think you know the song Sax Man. I think we could do a recover with Trash Man. What? And then that would be me. The song Sax Man. You ever heard that song? No. Zippity boop bop and a beep bop bop bop. Sax oh. Man. No? <laughs> Fuck, man. Okay. I wish I could play it. I don't know if we'd get it cut out. You sounded like Bill Cosby there. Well, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, the song's horrible. It's like an 80s. Like, (laughs) we're off the rails. Okay. Back on the track here. Our third round pick. Now, that's either this upcoming third round pick or the 2021 pick. That is heading to the Flames. The NHL decided to prorate Niels and Lucic's goals and decide that that, you know, that condition was met. Now, obviously, Oilers fans everywhere were all pretty pissed off about this. Neil had 19 goals on the year, had to get 21. I mean, he did end up scoring tonight. So maybe you could say, I think it's a bit of a stretch, but hey, if this was the next regular season game, Maybe he scores number 20. He's only one away. But, you know, the way I look at it, Kyle, I looked back on Neil's game log. And he had a hat trick on New Year's Eve. He played all the games in January and didn't score. He was hurt the month of February. And then the five games he had in March before play was suspended, he also didn't score. So that's like 15 to 16 games goalless for him. And I really just don't understand how the NHL decides to prorate that while when they decide who's in the playoffs or in the play-in rounds, they're bringing in teams that prorated really had no shot of making the playoffs, i.e. Chicago. So, I mean, I just I, don't get I it. said this months ago in our podcast, 
that that was like the option that they could take. But then we all shot it down because of the exact thing that you just said, right? Like, how can you pick and choose what you're going to prorate? You know, you're going to let some teams in, but then you're going to prorate the picks and stuff. I think it's a, just a horrible decision. I mean, that's a biased standpoint from us. But again, me and you talked air or off air, sorry, earlier about like how it's just what was written on the contract or the 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 terms of the deal and that's what gets prorated and not it being you know discussed in either in court or by a couple arbiters from each team and you know that third round pick maybe you still get a pick but it's a fifth round you know like why are we giving up a high value pick in a deep draft uh it's just yeah and i mean it's it's crazy i know you're not an nfl guy Kyle, but the nfl gives out compensatory picks when teams lose more players in free agency than they gain. So more or less, you know, I don't understand why the NHL can't say, Hey, we're going to add a 33rd pick to the third round this year and give that to Calgary. Edmonton keeps their original pick and both sides are happy or, you know, some type of compromise, like you said, where you change that to a fourth or a fifth round pick. Because like you said, when it comes to that trade, those are contracted and I'm I'm going to guess and assume that in that trade, all of that is in writing. It, there's nothing saying, oh, if the season's suspended or if Neil doesn't play 82 games, in case we'll prorate pandemic. that. Like, that's not in the contract. Sorry, but I don't understand how the Oilers are getting fucked over by suspending due to COVID where... Let's face it, Neil wasn't filling the net in the last two and a half months. He missed a month of that. But, like, there's a fair chance he didn't score two goals. He was playing on the fourth fucking line. So, I mean, to, I know I sound fair, like a whiny-ass Oilers fan, but, like, it's To bullshit. be fair, we don't actually get to see the contract. There could be something in there about an act of God, right? But, I mean, even that, it's just a... Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's it's a stretch. It's it's a silly decision. I mean, I I don't even know. Like, did other teams get screwed over by that choice? Because it I mean, was there has to Chris be Johnston trades, right? on Sportsnet or CBC or whoever he's with tweeted it all out, and I think there were more in the thread, but I didn't look at them. I just I looked at what applied to our team because that's all I really cared about. But I'm gonna assume they made rulings on other contracts or other. Um, conditional picks. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, if I'm Edmonton, yeah, I just, I just I would think firmly a look just... at appealing that, and yeah, potentially court, going yeah, after sure. them. Yeah, huh. yeah, especially sure. when we I mean, already just gave case. up our second round pick. Yeah, for NSU, right? So I mean, we got one pick in the first four rounds right now. First, yeah, three first three, but yeah. Like it's crazy in what in what is supposed to be a really deep draft, right? Like, I mean, it's not the draft you want to be throwing away picks on. So no, yeah. not at all. So I mean, at least we get the option to move that one to next year too. The third, it's I, I think we will. Like, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it all depends how they evaluate this year and next year's draft, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really think it's they're they're picking and choosing how they look at different situations from the NHL side. And I just really think that like there needs to be more discussion put in there because I just don't understand how they come to that conclusion cut and dry, but on, you know, depending on what your 
opinion is on this. This could be good news. So it might be one of the rare good news in this episode. But Puyarvi sounds like, you know, he might be changing his tune a little bit. He had an interview and a conference call with both Dave Tippett and Ken Holland. And, you know, that was that article was published and I, I don't know if it was Finnish or Swedish, but translated he has a quote saying, quote, never say never. I have matured and I see things a bit differently. They have a new GM and head coach now. They're building a winning team. It's possible that I'll play there, end quote. So, you know, I know that this is kind of a controversial topic as far as the Oilers fan base goes, but personally, I'm thrilled to see that. I mean, he's was projected to be a top three pick. We got him at four. I mean, you want him on the team. Like, of course you want him succeeding and it being here that he does that. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate situation that we've gone through with him, but I mean, if he can come back and is willing to put in the work, right? Like, I hope that that doesn't have the prefix and that he's going to be getting top six minutes the second he gets here, because that ain't happening, right? Like he's going to have to grind away on the third line for a while. Well, and I don't even know if it's for a while. Like, if he comes into camp and he deserves it, hey, take it. But it's not going to be gifted to you. Yeah. Just because, you know, we're allowing you back in doesn't mean you're going to be getting the time you want. Yeah. The the thing I want to go back to, and I know we've discussed this a lot on the podcast, Kyle, but in his quote, he points out that they have a new GM and head coach. Now, that was the case in September. That was the case in June last year. So going back, like, you know, the one option is that he's just matured and he wasn't thinking that way in the fall, and now he is. But I've still got to wonder if he's got some issues with some players and some players on our roster and notable players have an issue with him. I have to think that the notable players on our team are mature enough that they would probably let bygones be bygones if the other person is willing to do the same and put in the work that was expected in the first place. Right. But obviously that's going to be a hurdle to overcome no matter what, right? Like that's definitely a situation. I mean, you go back to those McDavid comments that everybody thinks were directed at Pooley RV, right? Where he talked about the people in the locker room need to figure out if they want to be here or not and put in the work. Right. So you kind of got to assume that's who he was talking about. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there was probably a lot of shade thrown around in that locker room during that time for sure. Had to have been right. Like there's no reason that a young rookie, well not rookie, but sophomore was going to, you know, just throw away his NHL career. It's, it's yeah, something had to happen there. Yeah. <clears throat> There's obviously a little bit of turmoil, but I'm really interested to follow this. Honestly, like I I think it's one of those things that it's in the best interest of both the Oilers trying to one develop a really good player in the best case scenario, or at least increase his trade value enough to move him. If that's what they decide to do as well as for Yessi, like it really just seems like a win-win. Now the question is, Obviously, one, does he come back? But two, does he actually develop into an NHL caliber player? And time will tell. No one knows at this point. 
He's obviously got the raw talent to do it. He's got the tools at his disposal. Does he, you know, is he able to put it together at the next level? So he did also say in the interview that his number one choice right now is to go to Carpot. Um, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but he didn't rule out a return to Edmonton as soon as next year. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Cal, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up here? Nope. Looking forward to Monday. That's it. Yep. Looking forward to, I guess, tonight for when people are uh, listening, but yeah, they really got to knock some, uh, the rust off from last game and try and move forward in a productive, you know, direction here because, you know, like I stated the obvious earlier, I'll do it again. They lose this next game and I mean, they're fucked. You're not, you're not coming back to nothing. But that being said, ending on a positive note, I still believe in this team. I still believe we're going to win this series and at least another one or two after that. So time will tell if I'm right, but my, uh, my irrational belief is there, but we are the oil country podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Everybody take care, go Oilers, and we will catch you again next week.